the sense of you know the plight of the widow and the orphan that was very much around me when I was growing up and the sense that that is what we're about that for those who suffer the little children I mean in Corrier's um, in Corrier's village the houses themselves would have stone carvings above the the doors and that many of them were texts and above the church because they built a huge church and it said suffer the little children to come unto me. Welcome to the Keswick Convention Podcast. I'm your host, James Carey, and my guest this time is the singer-songwriter who has written the very tune that I am speaking over. It is Yvonne Lyon. Welcome to the podcast, Yvonne. Hello, James. Lovely to be here, but not really be here because we're in different places. We are in very different places. I am down in the south of England. Why don't you say a bit about where you are? Yeah, I'm in the west of Scotland and it's sunny. And it has been sunny, and I think that's really seen me through lockdown, that it's been so lovely weather-wise up here in Scotland. So we're in Greenock, just um, up from the River Clyde, and it's absolutely gorgeous today. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that. And why don't you say a bit a bit about what you do when there isn't a global pandemic? Uh, what, <laughs> what's, what, what does a day or a week or a month look like uh, for Yvonne Lyon? Oh, it can vary so much. Um, I suppose my bread and butter is that I teach piano. So that's the sort of regular day-to-day, week-to-week thing that is always there for me. Um, So I teach um, all sorts of ages um, from home. And obviously I've had to do that over Zoom, which has been a completely new thing. And then in between, I use my time writing, thinking, um, distilling, I'm just watching a goldfinch, which has just appeared on my uh, garden fence. I'm easily ah. distracted. Okay. Um, the goldfinch okay. has appeared. So this is the first time I've ever come to my garden. And that's been lovely because um, under a pandemic, I am noticing things that I have never noticed before. But actually, as an artist, I do a lot of noticing. There is a lot of noticing that goes on. So when I say I spend time thinking, I think people think, what What on earth is Yvonne doing? Does she actually do anything with her day? But a lot of it is noticing things, distilling things that are going to maybe be in song. So I'll spend a lot of my time writing and um, in, a, in a sort of year span, if you like, I will work towards writing an album and touring that album. So a mixture of performing, writing, teaching. Um, Yeah. Great. That's how it looks. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, consuming passion in a while. Let's just go back to how you heard God's word for the first time. The Keswick Ministries is all about hearing God's word, becoming like God's son and serving God's mission. So before we think about how you're serving God's mission, why don't you say a bit about how you became a Christian? Were you raised in a Christian home? What did that look like for you? I was. I was raised in a really kind of unconventional <laughs> home. My parents were um, house parents at a place called Quarriers Homes, which is, I suppose, similar to Bernardo's. Or um, It was a, a self-contained village for um, children um, who their parents couldn't look after them. So they were... Um, originally, it was called the Orphan Homes of Scotland um, back in the 1900s. So, um, so yeah, it's a really um, unconventional upbringing. So that place and the history of that is is very much built on Christian foundations. William Quarrier himself um, was a, an amazing. Um, well, he was he was brought he was born and brought up in Greenock actually, which is where I live. So there's a lovely kind of um, full circle thing to to my life. Sometimes I feel. Um, my very early memories of growing up were hearing the stories of William Quarrier, how he was a shoemaker in Glasgow, 
he um, set up a school for children in Glasgow and then um, very quickly became this village that was built out in Renfrewshire. Many Keswick folks will know exactly what I'm talking about because there's a lot of Scottish people that come to Keswick and will know this place that I'm talking about. So I'm not just rabbiting on about it because I know that <laughs> folks will know. So it was, it was an amazing place. So I would hear stories of, of faith, people um, donating money, people praying, and we'd like to build this um, this house for the, for these children so we're going to pray about that and we're going to ask for money and the money came and before you know they knew it they had built an entire village out in the countryside um so that's that's where i grew up so i was surrounded by faith i mean i live what i lived on a uh an avenue called peace avenue the one down the road was love avenue faith avenue wow hope um so it was, it's quite an extraordinary place i grew up in so I was surrounded, and um, yes, yeah, so it wasn't difficult for me. I don't, I don't remember a time where I, I wasn't aware of God, um, but I do remember um, I had some lovely, lovely people who invested time in, in me um, throughout my whole life, but certainly as a young person. And when I was 12, I went to see Billy Graham, um, and he was being beamed live. Again, you're talking about the magic of the internet. He was being beamed live from Earl's Court um, to a Methodist hall in Paisley. He was talking about John 3.16 and he, he did that thing of saying, put your name in a text, you know, so for God so loved Yvonne, that he gave his only son that Yvonne might have eternal life. And that really struck me. And uh, it, was, it was the Life Has Meaning um, campaign. And I think that is what really got me. When I look back on it, I've always had this longing for meaning in my life. Right. And, uh, a sense of things, things I like when things have meaning and purpose. And so, um, so that was the, the night I went forward um, and uh, some lovely people helped me mm. to pray and find a way of, um, of making that faith real and personal. And that was, yeah, so I, don't, I wouldn't say that was the beginning of the journey, but that was a particular point in the journey yeah. for me. Are there any particular uh, parts of uh, scripture that also just keep coming back for you that you keep returning to, uh, either stories or verses? Well, there's so many. Um, I love the Psalms. I suppose as a, as a writer, I'm drawn to the Psalms as a person who gets um, quite emotional about things as well. I love the Psalms. I love the laments. I love the praise. Mm. Um, so the, the, the vastness of, of both the emotion and the um, experiencing God in the Psalms. Yeah is wonderful i love that it feels like you've really um that psalms have really made a bit of a comeback recently i know that uh obviously christopher ash will be speaking about the psalms at virtually keswick um fellow called matt searles who we mentioned on the last podcast who's leading the prayers he's done some work in the psalms that i think you had a little bit of a hand in as well i've, I've been listening to that actually uh recently uh, as well yeah, i think it was david actually he i think he was involved more in that david okay. husband um but yeah and uh, going back to um I suppose Christ's words, the, the words come to me, all those who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I would say those are the, the words that come back to me. Um, and I suppose it ties up with one of my favourite pictures of Christ when he, um, he encounters the, the woman at the well. That's a wonderful story for me, both as the fact that he, uh, yeah, there's lots of things about that, many, many things I love about that that story and that mm. image. Um, so I think those are the things, yeah. but yeah, Sam's definitely as well. Is it that? Is it particularly that story, the fact that it's, he's speaking to a woman who is in a real mess and possibly having uh, grown up in, 
with kids who have been yeah. from homes that have been troubled yeah. um, and living with the debris, as it were, of that, but also the, the, the beauty that you find in that too. Um, Definitely. I think that the whole thing of, of Jesus meeting somebody exactly where they are and that, that sense of, you know, he knew everything about me. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. And it, it does, I think, um, also the, the sense of, you know, the plight of the widow and the orphan, that was very mm. much around me when I was growing up and the sense that that is what we're about, that, you know, mm. For those who suffer the little children, I mean, in Corrier's, um, in Corrier's village, the houses themselves would have stone carvings above the, the doors and that many of them were texts um, right. and above the church because they built a huge church and it said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Mm. Um, so again, you know, that sense of Jesus that um, when he walked on this earth, his, his, um, his whole um ethos is mm. <laughs> not the right word really but it's for the downtrodden for the orphan mm. for the widow you know what is religion but but to look after these people and to care for these people and love yeah. these people and i suppose if i was to to maybe um get to the heart of of what i would want to be then that that's that's the sense in which i would hope i could be like christ mm. as you were speaking there you were talking about the fact that there were carvings of texts um, and I guess in your background there is a um, it sounds like there's a bit of proper Scottish Calvinism which very much is a big fan of the text not such a big fan of the image um, not such a big fan of the song and yet this sort of uh, this background has produced a singer-songwriter uh, do you feel that you've you know how, how do you sit in that tradition uh, which tends to be not particularly in favour of arts you know, not particularly in favour of theatre or dancing or all those kinds of things. Yeah, I remember, I do remember um, as a student, I remember um, loving Oswald Chambers, um, fell in love with, with his work, his writings, and I realised that he was an artist. Right. And he, he kind of grew up with this dichotomy in his mind that, that it was almost like he could only really serve one or the other, and so he obviously became a missionary. I had that same dichotomy I always have that dichotomy in me like I say I have this yearning to you know we should be helping the poor we should be loving those who are less fortunate than ourselves why why then should I sit for hours contemplating one line in a song mm. how is that going to make any any difference um but I think I have over the years and I think this is I suppose the the stripping away of a lot of things in my faith um, I think that has been a journey that I have been on um, of things to me that that don't sit particularly well. I've had to work through a lot of that. Um, and I feel more than ever that it's not about one or the other, it's about both and. And, um, and I suppose if you were to go to the heart of the cross, there's there's a lot about holding the tension of opposites. So in many ways, I've I've come quite far from my Calvinistic roots, but I still hold them dear. And I, so I don't think it's one or the other. I think there's space and room for it all. And I think the most important thing is growing, growing through um, and growing in the traditions that perhaps we've been placed in. But always questioning, always. Um, seeking because i don't think um anything is ever static i think we i think the challenge is to constantly grow in our faith 
Um, so I think for that, for me, that means growing in my my um, in all aspects of my life because the faith, my faith is completely my faith runs through all. So I can't connect the two. I can't you know live one without the other. Yeah, and that's also partly a I guess a thing about personal gifting preference difference. The fact that you feel the emotion deeply and you and you enjoy the song, as it were. And there are lots of people who could live without music and they're not and they're not less than human. um, But that's just, you know, a song doesn't affect them in a way that maybe a speech would or even um, that the sight of a tree would. Um, There are there are lots of different, you know, we're all made slightly different and we, we don't need that one size fits all. Thing, I Absolutely, guess. I do. I do really believe that we have many, many paint um, colors to paint with, and I think um, sometimes I think that's maybe what I was trying to get at. That um, sometimes we can um, we can stay with the color blue because we absolutely love that color and we've been brought up with that color and it's beautiful and we're familiar with that and it's it's comfortable and it's. Um, but there's so many other colors out there yeah. um, that actually complement blue and yes. I can work with blue and. And create this whole, um, you know, rainbows are so so evident at the moment for lots of different reasons, but particularly under the pandemic. And um, I think that's wonderful because it is a, you could say it's a cliche, but we know that within cliches, there's there's truth in it. And I think that is the case. So, yeah. If you read the proverbs, if you read proverbs from more than one proverb, you will find blue and not blue. You will find... This always happens. And then you'll find another proverb a chapter later, which says this never happens. And you're like, and you, and so the the rational scientist in you can go, well, which is it? But Mm -hmm. the human in you goes, well, they're both true. Exactly. Yes. And I think that is a, that's a, it's, it's difficult to get to that place. I think, I think as humans, we don't, we don't enjoy that. And um, we find that hard to hold those things together. But again, I think that comes, that's, that's the tension of, of the cross, the suffering and the hope, the, the light and the dark, the, Mm. um, you know, all of those things together. Um, So I I sometimes think why, why would we have thought it was going to be anything else? Hello, Kate here from Keswick Ministries. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not check out Keswick's other podcast, Kes Talks. They're a selection of talks from God's Word, given at the Keswick Convention, that we hope and pray will be particularly helpful to people in the times we face now. Kes Talks, available on iTunes, Spotify and your podcasting apps. The other thing though is that within the church, there is an obvious music ministry available, which is the worship band and worship music. And that is a route down which many go. And um, I wonder if you can say a bit about differentiating between the the singer-songwriter uh, way of thinking and that ministry and, and that expression. And then the worship music, which is, again, a, a wonderful, great blessing to the church. But I guess those who are listening to this thinking that they have gifts in music that they would like to you know it's the easy way is to go towards the worship perhaps maybe it isn't I don't know yeah and again it's you know we talk about the either or it's both and you know we can have all of this and all these Mm. colors so um I 
I can only speak from a personal point of view and very early on when I realized, okay, I'm going to be writing songs and I put my first recording out, I never felt comfortable about, um, about being in, for want of a better term, the worship world. Um, mm. I felt a strong sense that, um, and I remember standing on a bridge uh, in, out in the countryside and getting a sense that my place for my music was, was this bridge between the two. So I see what I do. I mean, I don't set out particularly to, to have an intent about that, but it, it, it's how things have gone. And I suppose how I've seen God work in my songwriting is that it's, it, it's been able to sit in between. So, and the other thing is that I'm married to someone who, who writes songs for the church. So we very much um, straddle both worlds, if you like. Um, so I find m- myself going out to pubs, clubs, art centres, churches to sing my songs. I don't see necessarily that those um, that there is one one better than the other. It's just where the opportunities and where I feel perhaps I'm being led to be. And um, whereas uh, David's passion, or DL as many people know him, David Lyon, his passion is very much to write songs for the church. So I think if you're looking to to almost decide. I don't think you can decide. I think you, I think you know in yourself where where you belong. Um, I think, or you, I think you probably have a sense if you were to to sit yourself down and say, "What do I love? What do I love singing?" If you love singing um, with people and 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 bringing people to a place where they can sing together, because really that's what we're talking about here, sung worship. Then then that that's wonderful and that's what you should do. Um, that's not what I've, I've, I've um, felt has been my path. Um, so I, it's wonderful. It's not easy to know because I think, again, when you're, you're brought up a certain way or you maybe you're brought up in a certain church or certainly as an artist, I've never felt um, that I've fitted in. I mean, I was brought up in Church of Scotland and then Baptist Church and... Um, and have kind of been part of lots of different denominations, vineyard, and um, so it's interesting. Me personally, I've never felt that I particularly belonged in any of them, um, and I think if you feel that, then you're possibly, from a creative point of view, you are possibly an artist because I think one of the jobs, if you like, of of the artist is to is to be on the edge or to um, to see things from a different perspective. And so sometimes you will find that's quite a lonely road. Sometimes you'll find that um, you don't necessarily fit. Um, it's not that you don't agree or you know, you're looking to be divisive in any way. It's more that you are, you're, you're more comfortable with the questions. You're more comfortable with, with just um, trying to look at things from a different perspective. And that informs what you create as well. If that, does that make any sense? It does make sense, but I'm, I'm now, hearing the questions of the listener who was just thinking, you creative types in your berets and your French cigarettes uh, sitting outside um, and actually you should just get over yourselves, get into church, (laughs) shut up and listen and do what everyone else has to do. I mean, there's something in that kind of pushback as well, isn't it? Because we we don't have a get out of church free card, uh, us creatives. You know, I'm a a script writer, you're a musician. So Uh I think we can sometimes move towards 
introspection and not sitting under the authority of uh-huh. either scripture or the church or ideally both. So yeah. how, how do you, you know, I mean, I guess being being married probably helps that and not being yeah, it on does. Your own. I think, yeah, accountability. I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hold my hands up and say I don't think I've got it right necessarily in the past or have got the answer right now to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, marriage certainly uh, for us has um, is an accountable place for that. Um, I'm part of a very small house church um, and sometimes for me personally, the smaller and the, the fewer people actually, you know when you go through life and actually you think that you're accountable to a lot of people or or you're part of a big, big thing. For me, I found that it's it's smaller is is actually um, is more helpful, hmm. and perhaps even greater accountability there. Who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's easy to get um, lost in a in a church of eight hundred. Yes. And if you're not there Sunday to Sunday, no one's really going to notice. Yes. And uh, the, the, the possibilities of slipping away are very easy. Someone who has been or two people who have been very, very helpful for me in my life and who have become mentors and who have become people I am accountable mm. to, uh, I would say, is Stuart and Carol Henderson. Right. I know that many key U folks will know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, and many of Stuart's poems, and I know they're, they're all... They're um, often informed by by Carol and and um, her thoughts as well, and they write together. That much of their writing and his writing um, contains those tensions and juxtapositions of ideas and imageries, and and it's wonderful. Um, so perhaps I'm drawn to that, um, and I love the fact that I that I've found people who are committed to. God, who love God, who are much further along the road than me creatively and in wisdom. And I suppose that is an important thing um, as, as a creative to find those people um, or to, to maybe that's a good thing to, to sort of, I wouldn't say humble yourself, but to find those people and almost, yeah, make yourself accountable to those people. I think that's a really helpful mm. thing within church context. So if you're considering going into this work, it is worth thinking not just about mentoring, but accountability and community in that sense. And if you know anyone who is thinking about that, then that's a way in which you could help them is to maybe point them towards um, a a place where that could happen. Obviously, uh, KU, the Keswick Unconventional, would be a good place to start. And under normal circumstances, uh, you would be able to turn up to St John's Church um, in the last week of July and, and see all that. But there is a virtual version of that coming up which you can hear uh, Yvonne play a song and also Stuart and Carol Henderson um, that have been mentioned uh, as well. Uh, And myself talking to Milton Jones actually as well. Before we wrap up and look ahead to that, we spoke a little bit before we started recording about upskilling during lockdown. Uh, What what lessons have you been learning uh, during lockdown? What's what's changed for you and what what might never be the same again? Well, it's been such a strange time, hasn't it? And... um... What was interesting at the beginning of lockdown, I fully expected to um, kind of nosedive. I do suffer um, from depression at times, and I thought that I would really not be able to function with this. However, I found that um, I became very focused creatively and spiritually, 
and um, had a sense of God's presence that um, was very real, very um, comforting and challenging all at once. And that stayed actually. So in a way, there's parts of lockdown that I am cherishing. I'm cherishing the fact, I mean, I really am an introvert. <laughs> Mm. And so I love the fact that this has allowed me time and space to um, perhaps uh, enjoy that side of myself, whereas normally I have to be on a stage or I have to be um, doing mm. those kind of things. From a practical point of view, I've had to upskill. We were talking about upskilling mm. um, and I've had to learn all sorts of technical things, which I hate. Uh, and visual things. I mean, I absolutely hate being seen on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, it's it's there's some dynamics that perhaps I wouldn't like to continue. But lots of lockdown that I've appreciated. I am in a privileged position. I'm not having to be out on the front line, um, caring for people. So I appreciate that. So I am very very grateful. I have learned something of the art of gardening. Okay. I have grown two supermarket worthy courgettes wow i have also made um courgette flower pakora <gasps> wow Goodness so gr me. growing my own food from seed and eating my own food i think that's yeah. there's a great, great spiritual discipline learned in that as well absolutely no there is <laughs> i mean there's a whole theology of gardening out there that i think is uh you know, maybe phase phase three for the Keswick Convention. <laughs> uh, green green fingered Keswick week four. Uh, who knows? I'll suggest it to the to the management. And see what happens. But you're absolutely right about KU being a great place for exploring these themes that we've been talking about, and I think that's what I love about being part of Keswick mm. and Keswick Unconventional. That we are trusted with that space and that um, time to uh, invite people into our places of creativity and explore themes of theology and art together and mm. that's wonderful and i don't know of many other places that are doing that in the uk so um yeah. i think it's a wonderful thing that we have and i hope that the, the folks that are listening and mm. tuning in will be able to enjoy the online content that ku have got this year yeah magic thank you there's an hour long version of the night shift slash keswick unconventional and it's all distilled and it's it's come together well and i'm really excited uh, for people to see it um lots of hard work from rachel redeemed as well there she spent many many hours editing it all together so for which we're very grateful so final question then you've played a couple of songs uh, for the virtually keswick uh, convention coming up uh, why don't you say a bit about what songs you've chosen maybe what they mean to you and why you chose them when we're trying to offer hope to people well yeah the the obvious song for me to sing was a song called hope which i wrote for my um album more than mine actually it's it's an older song and i brought it forward into my album metanoia and um it's yeah very simply a, a song speaking about the reality of life and I suppose what's interesting about songs now under these circumstances that we're living in, that the words take on new meanings and singing that song, even for um, Keswick, I noticed that um, the imagery gave me all sorts of um, different uh, feelings and emotions. Um, but the chorus is very simply, hope is waking in me, hope will never let go, hope will carry me home. Um, and then the other song for, for KU is Everything's Fine, which is one of my oldest songs. Um, 
And it's not just a um, throw away, oh, everything's going to be fine, don't worry. It definitely comes from a place of um, difficulty as well. I'm talking about those tensions of opposites because it was written after I encountered a little girl um, on the street who had all sorts of difficulties, but for some reason she looked at me sitting in my car and gave me a huge smile and waved and all those things were put into perspective for me and um, it was like she was just saying, you know, everything's fine. And for her to be able to say that um, is, is something much, much deeper and more profound. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Well, if folks want to hear those songs, obviously they can Google it online, go to Bandcamp, find those songs uh, ahead of time. But actually you could also watch them in context at the Virtually Keswick uh, this year. And so look out for links to that. That's going to be a really good time including, of course, The Night Shift, uh, which I'm really excited for people to see, including an interview with Milton Jones. Uh, I finally managed to get Milton uh, to Keswick um, from the comfort of his own home. So um, thanks very much, Yvonne. We really uh, have enjoyed speaking to you and listening to what you have to say. And, of course, your wonderful theme tune, which is playing now as I speak. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you. Thanks very much to Yvonne. And that was the last episode in the current season of Keswick Convention Podcast, but there will be more to come very soon. Just keep uh, keep checking back. Follow the Keswick Convention on Twitter and Facebook. You can see links to that in the show notes. And don't forget to check out the Virtually Keswick. It's going to be fantastic. And we will look forward to speaking to you next time. Bye-bye.